Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Last week, I wrote a tweet that I put out on Twitter. As one does. And I said, there's a wild thing where if you make things look easy, people believe the road to get there has been easy. That was you. That was me. That wasn't like Oscar Wilde. No, 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 no. That was actually from my own brain and heart and soul. It wasn't William Shakespeare. Whenever I tweet, I put my entire heart and soul and brain out there. It wasn't Danielle Steele. Jeff, I wanted the people to, to realize that even though this podcast of ours sounds so good, even though we get top-notch guests to come over to our apartment to talk for an hour and a half, this is not an easy journey. We're like a Volkswagen, and more and more, we see ourselves outpaced by Porsches. Mazdas. Uh, I thought Porsches. you were getting, okay. <laughs> the, Wait, the, do you say Porsche or Porsche? I said Porsche. Porsche. I believe that is the correct saying. I say Porsche. Well, I believe you are incorrect. I mean, who's to say? Leave a comment. I, <laughs> I've been listening I, I'm out to there. Say, I'm to say. Okay. More and more, we have to fight these these big buildings, these big corporations, these bigger entities. When we're just those same two guys in a Volvo, uh, Volkswagen. In a in a Volkswagen. Yeah. Not and, a Mazda. And so, nor a Volvo. Mm-hmm. And so here we are, trying to compete with everybody who is passing us by. And a lot of you guys out there are like, hey. Where are your video components? Like, why won't you guys tape every episode and put it up on YouTube? And it's like, well, honestly, we don't have the resources to do that. We, we want to live by certain standards. We want to elevate our product considerably. And we saw that there was a way to make this happen with your help. And that is to start a Patreon. Right. So if people don't know what Patreon is, it's a way to collectively meet goals and fund them. So if you guys are like, hey, we want video content, we're like, cool, so do we. Let's set a goal. And that goal was $500 a month. And with your help, we met that. We met that. Shout out to all of you guys who have contributed to make this happen. We will start posting our episodes at youtube.com slash it's the real. We've set other goals. And with these goals, your investment is not just one way, we give you things back. Right, so we will give you t-shirts, we'll give you extra episodes of our podcast. We'll give you guys producer credits. That is everybody who's contributed $20 to our Patreon. So that would be Torian Blakeney, Daniel David, Jamal Jamo, Jeffrey Areza, Eric Gonzalez, Lauren Reeves, Jaswinder Verdi, Armando Gallegos, and Obi Marroquin. Shout out to everybody who has contributed at patreon.com slash it's the real so far. And shout out to everybody who's hearing about it for the first time right now and wants to be on this journey with us. Whether it's a $2 contribution or 5 or 10 20 you know, people asked if they could do more than that. And so we set up a few. So that's, uh, we have a $50 one and we have a $100 one. And, and shout out to the people who are doing that. If you're out there and you are like, hey, I want to contribute $5,000 a month, yeah, Jamal Jamo. We will, <laughs> we will not say no to you. No, but we will get that money, Jamal Jamo. <laughs> but honestly, it means so much to us that we know we're not in this alone yeah you know it it can feel like the fight is fixed it can feel like you've done all that you can do and with no resources and and no you know executive vice president to to help you along it's a lot to continue listen shout out to us for making it 300 episodes on our own and shout out to 
all the episodes and all the plans and all the goals that we have for the future alongside you out there. So Jeff, with that said, who's on the podcast today? On the podcast today is Jesse Reyes, our girl from Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Canada. Jesse came in with the best energy. She is the best soul. She has just fantastic stories and amazing sense of humor. And I so enjoyed this conversation. You know, it's funny. I edited this podcast a bunch of times to get it right because we have this new audio interface. Shout out to our friends over at photosavings.com. And, you know, there's a lot of trial and error to get the volumes right, to get the ambient noise. Yeah, the, the, the mechanics all settled. And so I listened to it probably eight different times this weekend. And I got a little something every single time, you know, whether it was Jesse's sense of humor, whether it was her reactions, whether it was just the heart and soul that she has in in sharing her story. I noticed you're saying everything that she brought to the table. That is true, Jeff. I did recognize your sense of humor. Mm. I did recognize your heart and soul, Jeff. Mm. This is this is a standout episode. Yeah, I mean, like this is the stuff I want to hear. Not, I, don't, I definitely <laughs> don't want to hear about her, and I, I really don't want to hear about you. If you want to watch her, you want to watch Jeff, and you want to watch myself, youtube.com slash it's the real. Right now, the episode is live. Shout out to our guy, Johan. More episodes to be filmed every week going forward we're going to try to film two jews and two black dudes lots of lots of lots of plans shout out to all of you guys for being along on this ride of ours jeff when do you want to get into it right now this is gonna be the most fun interview you've ever had in your life perfect and um yeah the more fun you have with us the more fun we're gonna have with you and again don't fuck don't it fuck up. it up yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna do my best yeah, yeah. <laughs> did i look intense there? yeah 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 felt felt intense. Yeah, yes. yeah um you good jeff yeah okay you good jesse yes all right cool Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. What's Poppin' Slime, a.k.a. Nickelodeon. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Setting Up Bear Traps, a.k.a. Instagram Modeling. Yo, what's up? It's Jesse Reyes, a.k.a. Pine Size Colombian Thug. <laughs> yes, your third favorite podcast, The Way Stumbling It's Real. <laughs> Jesse, what's happening? I'm <laughs> How are you guys, man? Everything's good. Yo, Jesse needs that coffee now, you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit of minty. Oh, oh, okay. Something for the for the throat. Yeah. You're trying to, you know, like, be a real artist here and, you know. And not everything. sound like ass? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to not sound like a frog that's been doing coke for 50 days. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> so um, we have a lot of friends over at Rock Nation. We have never been to the Rock Nation brunch. Mm-hmm. How is it? And were you, like, totally secure in your um, choice for what you wore, especially when someone like Chance the Rapper shows up and doesn't adhere to the fucking dress code. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, for real. Um, like, how do you dare show up not in like a suit yeah, or well, like... a pastel suit. Yeah, pastel suit. Like, he, sh- he showed up with his hat, with a leather coat. Like, come on. Do you look at that and you're just like, yo, I put in so much work here? Or did you not? No, well, there was a year where we got linked last minute. So I showed up with a black t-shirt and some camel pants and my boots. And there was oh. people in gowns and stuff. And it was, I think that might have been my first, that was my first, that was my first Rock Nation brunch. That was the first, yeah, that was my first. Wait, how many one. have you been to? Like three, four? Three or four? Five, seven? Three? By the way, three. 30. I'm a, I'm a, I'm offended for you. <laughs> That's funny. No, but if you show up in camo pants and just like looking around, are you just like, uh? Yeah. Did you feel underdressed? 
my like my I was there with my dudes, my management, and we were all kind of looking bummy. So it was like, <laughs> well, we in this, <laughs> we're in this, we're in this, we're making the best of it. Networking, got to talk to Jigga, got to talk to B. Got That's to a pretty good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you're wearing. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man, it makes your skin thicker. It's <laughs> like like that. But this last one went off. Like I was working with a homie from Toronto. That's a wicked stylist, stuff major, and she linked me with this like beautiful orange massive gown but it felt like a bathrobe so i felt like i was still like a part of me i was like i'm not in no nothing uncomfortable like it was still nice. wait did it feel like terry cloth or you mean like that it was just like comforting it was just comforting and like easy like just get out the shower of you know it yeah. looked super dope thanks you had on uh tall shoes tall as hell <laughs> yeah tall as hell did you feel like you had to like show those off as well or were you just like this is all part of the illusion i'm suddenly you know six I'm, feet tall i was wearing what felt like a 10 foot long carpet so like i had to <laughs> elevate to make sure that i didn't just look like a tent <laughs> an elevated tent you know just yeah a little bit um did you meet anyone that you hadn't previously there of note oh re I met Rihanna for the first time there. How was that? Mad cool. She's dope. Like, I got love for people at Rock, man. They've, they've For sure. <coughs> excuse me. Four years ago, three years ago, when we were looking, or when we were taking meetings to partner with different labels, we were in a really fortunate position where there was people coming to us. But the downside was that when we made our decision to partner with Island, there was a lot of labels and people at labels that we had to call and say, hey, thanks for the free dinners, but it's not yeah. going to pop. <laughs> And there was a lot of people that were like, bout it, bout it. And then the second we called it, the energy just shifted, right? But I remember being on the phone with Ty Ty and like, and, and like letting the guys on, letting Lenny and talking to like Jay and letting them know that this is a decision that we made. And them still being like, you know what? It's all love. We still believe in you. And it's been like the proof is in the pudding. Like they still, they still mess with us. They still yeah, yeah. have opportunities. I remember and, like Angie Martinez going to like your first shows and like, you know, like I and I thought that was through a rock relationship, probably. No, that was just like she fucked with you. Man, and when we blessed. wanted to get in touch with you, like maybe a year and a half ago, we hit Lenny S. and we're like, "Yo, Lenny!" And he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. And we're like, "Yo, Lenny, is Jesse Rock?" And he's like, "Nah, but they're family." And so we're like, "All right, cool." And then that started up the relationship. Sick. So yeah, he's the best. Lenny man. is the best. Yeah, he's the, they're all like, they're all, they're just all dope. Every time I, oh, they're all dope. They're all dope. Every time I talk to Jay Brown, I feel like I learned something. Yeah. Every time I walk in that building, I feel like I walk out smarter. Yeah. Because everyone's just always dropping game. Yeah. It's dope. So you get to the to the brunch, and you meet Rihanna. Everybody wants to ask, I'm going to, what does she smell like? She smelled great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she smelled great. Yeah. Irish Spring. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was great. Do you, bar soap. do you like feel her presence around you when she's like walking up, and you're just sort of like, oh. Um... You more so feel everyone else feeling her presence. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. It, it's not like I was like mad in the way. Like I was right. kind of out of it and talking to her managers because the rock guys are our fam. Yeah. So it's just, it's just this. Yeah. <laughs> that and watching that and then being hesitant because I don't want to contribute to that. So it was very much like I just, I was just chill about it. And then when the moment presented itself, it was like, hey, I'm a fan. Thank you for redefining the identity of female beauty in your brand. I appreciate it. And then, bye. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you know how many people would have froze up and just been like, uh. <laughs> yeah, just like, Bleh. Yeah. That's funny. I did that with Frank. Did you of. really? Yeah, but I didn't, like, I almost avoided that. We were at a show. 
somewhere in Europe, <clears throat> had the chance to see him perform. It was the first time. Saw him, went backstage, saw him about, like Frank, like I'm a Frank Stan. Yeah. 10 feet away from me. And my manager's just like, oh, go into the circle, say hello. And I was like, 10 feet away. And I look over, and he looks up at me, and we kind of smiled, and I was like, because <laughs> I, I knew because I knew I was going to walk up and be like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. not today today's just not the day for it it's just not the day but, damn yeah. I feel like not to like bring this down or anything but I feel like we've seen uh, a lot of people in the circles we run in pass on on the earlier side of things and I think that's made both of us take those opportunities to yeah be active in telling people like how we feel about them or True. taking that chance to like go up to someone and just be like yo you may not know me but what you mean to me is like infinite beautiful and, yeah, yeah no yo listen man i've i've been able to dominate it sometimes like for example wow we're just talking about like <laughs> first encounters with celebrities welcome yeah, yeah, to yeah. first encounters yeah. with celebrities <laughs> i would happily have you rebrand the entire show by the way <laughs> that's fine <laughs> yeah that's fine we're only 300 episodes in it's okay yeah, yeah. No biggie. yeah. um uh the first time i'm at b the first time i was like nervous but same thing. I, I I I just dealt with it and walked up. And at the at the day before, I had just done the MTV Awards. I had performed there, and I missed like my second last note. It's this really high note, and my voice croaked. Every and I've been practicing so much. I've been running through it. Second last note croaked. I was cheesed the rest of that day. I'm like running scales in the car. Like I just get I get. It's hard for me not to get sucked back into it, and then work to get better. The next day was um, Made in America. So I got booked for that show. And then I had done my set and then went back. And then Jay's up there, say what up, say what up, Tai Tai, and then V's there. And I'm like, oh. And she's like, oh, hi. And it's like super sweet. And I'm like, hi. And she's like, you killed your performance. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize you watched the set. She was like, no, but I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the MTV one. I was like, what? I'm like, I missed it. No, she was like, no, it was amazing. Like, you did so good. And I was like, thank you. And then. You threw up. No. <laughs> and then Jay goes. She goes, how you feeling? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm so stupid. He's like, how you feeling? I'm like, hungry. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like oh, there's food. There's like, there's like, there's food over here. And I was like, no, for like life. Oh. <laughs> for life. And then they both giggled. And then I look at my managers and I'm like, well, I'm going to excuse myself. Thank you guys for everything. And then I leave and I swear to God, I like walked down from like the little backstage area. I found a piece of grass. I sat down and I and I started meditating. And I had to just come back down to earth because because it's not just B of this year, but it's like Destiny's Child. It's Say My Name. It's Dangerously in Love. It's, it's how she's this beautiful CEO that's capable of still making family a priority, but seeing success in music and seeing success in so many different facets so it's just a lot that i admire her for and respect her for and i had to just settle <laughs> to come back down to earth how do you feel when kids come up to you and you're the rihanna or the beyonce for them that's nuts that's crazy but it's a reality though you yeah. know it's nuts it's humbling yeah it's humbling it's it's do you feel like you're able to give them what they want I tried to, yo, it's crazy because someone asked me earlier today, they're like, they asked like who I look up to and I said Beyonce is one and they were like, what's something you learned? And I said, man, I remember watching an interview early on of hers where they were asking her about fan encounters because she got like rushed by a bunch of people and she said that she makes it a point that no matter what kind of day she's having, no matter if like something really bad happened or if she's stressed out, that to be aware that for whoever's seen her, 
that's like that might be the only time that they get to see her and they're excited and they have this idea and it's just beautiful so even if you feel like shit you still have to just be present and be appreciative because without those are the people that are making your career possible for like sure those fans are the reason i'm the reason that i'm here talking to y'all the reason no lenny s is the reason you're here talking oh, to us yeah yeah, 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 yeah. all right let's take it back to the very very beginning where are you originally from i was born in toronto canada toronto yeah you say toronto not toronto yeah yeah. That's yeah. the right way. Yeah. That's the right Toronto. way. Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. So, uh, what was growing up in Toronto like? Um, different. Dope. Beautiful. Is it different? Like, because it's probably like all you know, right? So, like. Well, no, because I ended up moving around a lot. So, I was in Toronto and then I moved downtown and then I moved to the suburbs and then I moved to Florida and then I moved back. Now, Florida is different. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the first three, I was like, well, these are all. Yeah. The Toronto. suburbs and downtown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But why did you move so much within the city? Uh, my family, we were trying to better our situation because we weren't living in, like, we were living by Jane and Driftwood in this really small apartment. And this is how it was when we moved. We moved Hello West to this place called Brampton. And I remember when I was trying to go to bed, I, my mom says, she's like, you'd complain and be like, I'm used to falling asleep to sirens because that's just what I was used to. And now it was just crickets. So it was intense. But something that's, that's beautiful about growing up in Toronto and having memories there is that it's so multicultural. Like you can walk 10, 10 blocks and hear def- 10 different languages. It's, it's a lot like New York. It's a lot like London where it's just immersed in culture. But you could go to another state or you could go to the same thing and go to another province in Canada. It's a different story. Yeah. But in Toronto, that's, that's a beautiful thing about it. And I guess I appreciated it more when I moved out of the city. I appreciated it more when, even when I moved to Florida because you just feel the racism there more. You feel it a lot more than you would in Toronto. It's still present, it's not as bad. It's a louder thing. It's a louder thing. You were just doing a Q&A on Twitter maybe like uh, two weeks ago um, where you were talking about how inspired you were. Like what, what inspires you when you said your father's story? What was he doing and what was he doing to make your life better than his? Everything. My dad, um, was born in Cali, Colombia, and he is the youngest of three kids. His mom passed away when he was like something like under a year old, like 11 months. His mom passed, so then it was just his dad raising him and his two sisters, and then uh, his dad passed away when he was like 16. Mm-hmm. And like my dad just, he. He moved. He ended up moving to Canada. He had my brother in Colombia, or had my brother, and then my brother's mom passed, and so then my dad's not repeating. Like it's just now he's raising this kid alone, and he met my mom, and he worked for a company for like twenty years. He gave twenty years of his life to this company to like help our family. If you met my dad, there's there's a lot more. Like there's there's nights, there's overtime, there's the fact that like he was the type of dad. That if, like, I'll give you an example. When everyone was riding around on those razors, those scooters, mm-hmm. remember those? Mm-hmm. We didn't have a ton of money. I told my papi. I'm like, papi, I get uno. Like, I want one. He's the type that would go in the garage, find leftover wood from either, like, his old company or, like, just in behind, uh, like, a, a, what, Canadian, like, our Publix and just get fake wood from over there and 
buy two little wheels from Home Depot and stay in the garage for like three hours and then painted it in Colombia colors. Wow. I painted it yellow, blue, and red and I was like, here's the scooter. And it's something that I appreciate so much now and I'm almost guilty that I didn't appreciate it as much as I was a kid because when you're a kid, you're like, oh, fuck, Bobby, but it's not a race or that. Yeah, you're like, you're I don't have the thing that... That everybody else has yeah. because you think that that's normal, but my dad was busting ass. And if you met him today, you wouldn't know that it was such an uphill that he's dealt with a lot of uphill stuff. Just always positive, like, yeah. Oh, not even, like, positive, but real as shit, because he'll tell you what it is. Like, he's, he doesn't mince words, mm-hmm. <laughs> but fun. And, like, he's the type that even if someone does him dirty, he's not one to hold it. Like, it just, it it rolls off. And because he knows that life is really short, so he's like, why am I going to stay mad? Why am I going to ruin my day? Because wow. someone was a dick. Like, when did like, you come around and start to understand, like, the dynamic of what was happening? When I was um, 18, I was a year into, I guess, the first real depression I'd ever gone through. I was dark. When I was nine, like, I guess 18, like the end of 18 when I started coming out of it. And I looked around and I didn't see a lot of the people that I started with, but the people that I saw that were constant with my mom and dad. And we, like, they come on the road with me now. They they have bunk beds in the tour bus. They like they're to this day. Yeah, to this day. Wow. And but I, a lot of that happens too because like I'm trying to right the wrongs that I did when I was a kid because I was an asshole. I wasn't a good kid. I was a dick, and I was always in trouble. And I would run away for like constantly. I would there was just no appreciation. I just was a dick. I was an if you met me at 14, you probably hate me. I was an asshole. So I think I, when I was 18, it was when it finally clicked that I was like, I'm I've been an asshole to the people that love me the most. Growing up with your mom, your dad, and your brother? My mom, my pops, my brother was, my brother's, because my brother had his first kid when he was mad young, so my brother left the house early. So we have like a modern family dynamic because my oldest nephew, who's my brother's first kid, is closer in age to me than my brother. Wow. And then my brother's got four kids, so then my two nieces and my two nephews, wow. that's gang, gang. But for all intents and purposes, you're the only child living at home at that point. No, because my brother, so, so, um... My brother would still come around, and my um, mom, my mom's got a crazy story, too. My mom used to, like, teach preschool and daycare and stuff in Colombia, but when she came to Toronto, you know, in Canada, immigrants, they don't honor it. Like, they don't really honor degrees and shit. Right. So she started a daycare at her crib, and my whole life, it was forever five kids in the house at a time. And my mom would, so we'd like, we'd, our house raised a bunch of kids, these little blue-eyed, blonde-haired kids speaking Spanish because my mom was speaking <laughs> Spanish. And so my, like, it's just, it's weird. Like, so, I have my big brother, and then I have a little, a guy I call my little brother. His name is Justin. That's like, that's, that I've had in my life since he was six months old. Wow. Mm-hmm. Toys everywhere? Toys. The, our, down, <laughs> our basement, like, we had a two-floor crib and our upstairs is where we lived and then downstairs was like abcs and colored rubber flooring and little like edb oh my god and all that it yeah. was like a little school downstairs when you're growing up and and Tia's that used to live with me too and like oh, my grandparents everybody. everybody so it was a full house it was like full house yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like full house. yeah so but when you're growing up what are you doing for fun like aside from the asshole stuff that you're doing, like what do you find enjoyment in? Music. Okay, so where does music come into your life then? Early, my brother, my brother brought music into my life. He introduced me to reggae when I was like four. Yeah. Yeah, three. Which is the funniest song? Like not even the song you'd expect with like Snow Informer. Oh yeah. Was the first reggae taste that I had. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that because like he is he Canadian. Was, he, he is Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. And, and it, it was, was huge. Blowing. It was huge. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, and then it was like, what's Bob Marley? What's Tanya Stephens? What's Barrington Levy? What's, and then I just fell in love with, with reggae. And at the same time, my papi would always have like alquimia, like a lot of Colombian cumbia, a lot of salsa playing in the crib. And um, I started writing poetry and like at a young age and then songs. And then I used to sing in church too with my pops and play guitar in church too. And did anybody see, you know, potential there? I had one teacher in grade seven. Shout him out. Mrs. Hidden, Miss Tracy Hidden. She's flames. We called her up. We did a documentary with Vivo like a year ago. So oh, I pulled up on her. That's I awesome. Re- you know what? something funny. I remember like, yeah, she's lit. She, um, she was such a dope. So I'll, so I'll tell you why I love her. Because in a span where I was constantly... And calls from the fucking principal with whatever Ray Tay Tay, Jesse this, Jesse that. Or running away, whatever. It was the first time anybody had ever called the crib with good news. And she called the crib to be like, because I did this poetry project, but we had to make this book. And she's like, it's perfect. Like, I, she, she loved it. So she called the crib and was like, Jesse really has a talent with writing. Like, she just wanted to enforce that and let my parents know. Right? Because they speak, like, we speak Spanish at home. We don't speak English. So I'm not yeah. making Spanish poetry, you know? And... Um, yeah so I stayed in contact with her and I remember like the year after high school because I didn't go to college I still loved her off so I would still pull up at the school and be like hey what's up Miss Hidden like just to just to say what up and say everything's good and she was like so what are you doing and I'm like well she's like what college are you going to I'm like I'm not I'm like I'm just like doing bottle service and like playing guitar and busking and trying to trying to be a musician she was like like her jaw dropped like she was so nervous and I could just see the fear in her face but it was just jokes because it was ironic (laughs) coming that fear coming from her from somebody that essentially help nudge me in that direction yeah you know what i mean yeah it was just cool to call her up years later for the documentary to be like yo i told you don't worry <laughs> yeah it, like it worked out yeah yeah <laughs> well did you did you have any friends who you hung out with who were also like into music like you were into music um, where you would create and be part of like a- yeah was there a larger scene eventually i joined this thing called the remix project in toronto that like completely changed my life it's a youth program for at-risk kids in the city and it was jokes because when i found out about it um I had been living in Florida already. So I had moved to Florida. I this just, is with your folks? My parents put in the applications for visas. Sixteen, They waited 16 years to get approved. When we got approved, we all went. But then they had to go back to Canada, so I stayed in Florida by myself. By yourself? Yeah, which was a trip. And you were how old? 16? No, no, no. Oh. No, no, no. At this point, I'm I'm 20. Oh, okay. 21. Got it, also, got it, got it. Florida's terrible. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like, there's just, like, so many, like, crazy things that happen there all the time. Florida man. Yeah, Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, every single day, there's a new Florida man, like, story. Yeah. yeah, dude. I remember when that zombie thing came out. Yeah. That was nuts. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was nuts. I drive by that. Like, I used to drive by the area. I was like, what? What, the bath salts dis- yeah. district? Yeah. Yeah, the bath salts district. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bath salts district. So, um, wait, what part of Florida did you move down to? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. I mean, that's not even like Miami. It's not. It's like Orlando. thirty minutes outside it's, of Miami. Yeah. Or 20, 20, 30 minutes outside yeah, of Miami. Yeah. So I used to. I ended up bartending in Florida, and I was bartending in in Fort Lauderdale and in Miami. And I was cheese because I wasn't making any headway with music aside from busking on the beach. After you graduate high school, did you see any like clear path? Were you like, oh, I know what I'm going to do in terms of like music's it, and that's what's gonna 
be my whole life. I know I wanted music, but I just didn't have the blueprint. I don't feel like any creative does. It's so difficult because institutions aren't set up to help creative kids. What? You know? And yeah. Where does the remix project come in then? So I moved to Florida and I was trying to do what I did in Toronto. In Toronto, I would do open mics. In Toronto, I would put, like busk in this place called Kensington Market. I would do sessions where people had find online and be like, all right, let's work. And we'd go over to the crib and they had a studio in their closet and it was perfect. So I would do that. And then moved to Florida and I'm having a hard time because I don't have, at least I had a little network in Toronto that I was building, but I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. In Toronto, I used to do this shit. I used to make like, wow. I used to do covers and then put them on Twitter, but with clickbait stuff to get producers and artists to see it. So be like, I wanted The weekend and his team to see my stuff. So it was like The weekend kissing stripper, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> which is nuts because Elangelo, one of his producers, saw it, or Doc McKinney saw it. Doc McKinney was one of the like main producers. Yeah. And showed it to Elangelo. And then... Um, and he's like, The weekend kissing strippers. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> so funny. And then um, we ended up working together before I left to Florida, me and Doc, right? I ended up developing, like, he, he's, he's mad sick. Like, I, I, I got so much advice, learned so much wisdom from him. And when I moved to Florida, we still stayed in touch. I was Skyping him because I treated him like a mentor. We were Skyping and I was complaining because certain shit wasn't happening fast. I was like, these producers that I'm working with aren't sending stuff. I was trying new management, but the management wasn't work like my first management, but it was it was just it wasn't a perfect fit and I was just rotating, like complaining, complaining. He's letting me go. And then he's like, Are you done? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> and he was like, Jesse, you gotta do what you can where you're at with whatever you got. Like, if you're waiting for producers, learn how to produce. Hmm. If you're waiting for this, you got to learn how to do it. Because when people see you busting your ass for it, that's what, that's the that's the standard that you're going to set for anybody that's coming around. So then I shot a music video with a homie in Florida, like, that night. Like, called him up. We did it. I told him, give me the footage because I know that if, you, if you're not paying somebody, shit takes forever. So I was like, give me the footage. Stayed up 48 hours. 48 hours. Learned how to edit it myself. I was going to say, yeah. Um, like it took me 48 hours to, earn to edit like a three minute video because I had never done it before but did it blasted it to everybody on Twitter on Facebook and I had like 2,000 people on Facebook I blasted it to about 1,500 when you could when you used to look up you used to be able to look up professions so if you went on Facebook and typed 93.5 flow then if anybody was affiliated or listed them as their employer they would come up so I would spam everybody and be like hey my name is Jesse listen to my shit tell me what you think like Everywhere. The weekend's kissing strippers. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do the weekend the, the weekend kissing strippers because I didn't I didn't um I, it worked that one time. Yeah. But I didn't want to like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot can go wrong with that. Like yeah. God forbid you guys decide to title this the weekend kissing strippers. And then and now no, like first he's of all, dope. it'd be it's the real uh, kissing strippers. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the real kissing strippers. Yes. But like um so I started doing that, and then one of the people that got it was Maurizio Ruiz, who's actually one of my managers now, but at the time, he was um, doing music videos and affiliated with Remix. And he was like, yo, if you're serious about this, there's this thing called the Remix Project in Toronto. This, this like, Boy Wonder's affiliated, Drake's affiliated, 40's affiliated, Wonder Girl's affiliated. You're like, yes. Yeah, and so then I begged my bar manager to give me the weekend off. I got a $50 flight on Spirit Airlines, oh. flew, to t flew to Buffalo, had a homie pick me up, shout out Ryan. Wait, before we get there. Mm -hmm. So you flew Spirit Airlines, mm -hmm. and you made it here today. I <laughs> made it. I flew Spirit so often, you have no idea. Were you able to bring luggage? A backpack. <laughs> no, Did I brought they, a backpack. What was in it? Air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
they, do they have seatbelts on on Spirit Air? No, they you just, just long benches. Yeah. yeah, they just That's pray your seat for belt. you. Yeah. You yeah. just pray. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to say your prayer. Yeah. It's like a subway. Like everyone stands there with like you know holding the yeah, <laughs> yeah. the thing. But yo, I'll like. If it wasn't for Spirit, yeah. you wouldn't be here today. I don't think, like, it's part of the story. The reason I was able to afford that ticket is because Spirit had those deals. Yeah. <laughs> that night, when, when you shoot that music video and you spam everybody that you know and that, that you don't know and you're putting it out into the into the world, are you able to sleep that night before someone hits you back? Or, like, what do you want to happen? What are you hoping for? Yeah, are you, like, watching the, the views, like... Um. I was dead because it had been 48 hours. <laughs> so I, I knocked. I had a good time knocking out. And yeah. then when I woke up, it was lit. But um, I just, the, the quote resonated. Do whatever you can wherever you're at with whatever you got. We don't have a blueprint. So you just have to like, you just have to do, like make opportunities. If you don't have opportunities, make them. Yeah. yeah. It's easy. As much as people want to complain about wherever they're at in life, you can make opportunities Straight every day. Up. So, so you got yourself up to Buffalo and then and over then, the border. And then I auditioned that remix and then they took me, man. And that place, like I love, I love that place. That place changed my life. That place made a bridge between six-year-old me watching a screen because it was so far removed. Watching music videos, watching that stuff is just so beautiful. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, conflicted because part of me loves watching it and the other half is like, I don't want to be on this couch. I want to be there. But it's so far removed and no school is teaching how to do that. So, so far removed. But the Remix Project, what they do is they provide mentorship. So they bring people like King Louie, who also contributed to changing my life. Wicked, wicked, dope Chicago rapper. Bring in and speak to students and speak to the, to the, um, to the, like to the students and to the kids involved and tell them about their story tell them about their progress but it's special because you get to see your dream personified you get to see your dream some vision that was so far removed deep in this box in this other universe that people tell you you won't be able to get in you need a plan b and make sure you get this make sure like all this bullshit because no one has faith in anyone that's not creative tends to not have faith in creatives a hundred percent true this is the most random thing that you bring up king louis because uh we uh, did a video with him years ago, but we were talking about him yesterday with our friend Anise, no way. who went to the Apple store to get his phone fixed and went to the well, Genius he, Bar. He had to get his uh, AirPods. Oh, his AirPods fixed, right. Yeah. And so they, they pull up. He's like, well, will you play something off your phone? And my hoes, they do drugs, shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, whoop, I like, <laughs> have to change that real quick. But King Louie was a, was a mentor for Huge. you. Huge. That guy's the best. The best. Would you have ever thought, you're like, yo, this guy from Chicago, like, you know, will will be sort of my guy. God God is beautiful, man. God is great. It was so crazy. He pulled up. Yo. I pulled up to school, like to remix, because there was going to be a speech. I pulled up, and I go into the room, to the studio, and then I didn't realize it was full, and Louis there, Doe's there, his manager. <laughs> Gavin Shepard, who's one of the founders, one of the engineers, and another one of the participants is in the room. And I'm like, oh shit. But then I was like, oh, I didn't realize I was interrupting, but I was going to say hi anyway. Hey, what's up? Nice <laughs> to meet you. Hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. Introduce myself to everyone in the room. Excuse myself. When I leave, I go into the other production room, and then someone comes back and they're like, yo, Gav's playing your record for Louis. And I was like, oh, lit. And then Louis comes out and he's like, yo, this song's called Statuses. It's this really, it's not out, out, but we put it out on Instagram as an installation with different posts. But anyways, he was like, that's your song? I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's about subtweets? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he was like, 
do it. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> and then he did his talk. At the end of his talk, his manager comes up to me. He's like, yo, Louis wants to work. And I was like, bless. And he's like, all right, we'll do it tonight. And I'm like, bless. And so I tell Mauricio, Mauricio and me, he, he still is not managing me. This is all very loose still. Wow, yeah. crazy. Because this, yeah. this day is important. This is all very loose still. We're still working, we're, but nothing's defined because we're both just working hard. And they're like, there's no studio available, but we're going to a random condo in Toronto. Pull up. All right, cool. We're pulling up. When we pull up, it's me in there. It's Sean Leon, dope rapper from Toronto. It's Wonder Girl. It's Redway, another dope rapper that we lost, who's also who was also from Toronto. Doc McKinney's in there. Spooky Black's in there. And, and Louie and his manager. And I think that's everybody. And my manager. I'm not my manager yet, but we're all in there. And I'm nervous as fuck because I'm the only singer in there. Everyone else is a producer or a rapper. So everyone else is like playing beats and like that's what that's it seemed like that was the vibe. But there's I'll, no natural fit for like what you're for supposed me, to do. No yeah. natural fit. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> fuck. So then I look at Louie and like we make eye contact and I'm like, You wanna jam? And he's like, What? <laughs> he's like smoking. I'm like, You wanna just jam? And he's like all right. I was like, all right, lit. So I took out my guitar, and then I start playing. And then he comes and sits closer, and then we start vibing so much so that we go out onto the balcony. Living in the Sky, our first song together, was made on the balcony of Ricardo. Shout out Ricardo's uh, um, uh, apartment. And then we did it, and it was lit. And then I, we have to leave, so we leave. And me and Ruiz, we go to a chicken spot, like, down the block. And we sit down. I'll never forget that we sit down in front of each other. And it's almost like we saw everything happening. And we're like, so we're doing this? And then I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. And then we were like, all right, we're doing it. Like, that moment's very much ingrained. It went, and it was after that session with Louis that we were like, all right, we're doing this. Yo, there's so much there. So first of all, it's such a little thing, but it means so much for you to go and introduce yourself around that studio to everybody. Mm. Like, so many people don't. They can be big-headed. They can be like, yo, I'm the star. I'm the person who's like the main, you know, attraction here. And don't like shake everyone's hands. Like, you set the tone off like so right with that. Thanks. Like, who knows what could have happened if you didn't do that, yeah, you know? Right? Wild. But, okay, so you and and Louis collaborate on that. What does that song do for you? A lot. Because people in Chicago started fucking with me. Chance heard me through that. Chance tweeted the lyrics. Chance with the leather jacket and the thing. Yeah, yeah. Chance <laughs> with yeah. the three. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then my manager linked up with him manager. And then simultaneously, while all that was happening, I was also still doing covers on Instagram. So I would cover him, like, not just attacking it through one angle, but attacking it through the other of networking. So it was on Instagram and then tagging his manager. Because if you tag the artist and they're getting, like, inundated with different tags, it's just difficult. But if you tag a manager, it's less traffic. So you have more probability of getting in contact with their team. So we were doing that simultaneously as well. Where are you living at this point? Um... Toronto. Mm-hmm. Toronto. But I was living off my bartending money. But it's dwindling because I'm trying to focus on music. <coughs> I love Florida for this, man. Because <laughs> the bar that I used to work at, they had love for me there. And when I was like, yo, I'm low on money, and I couldn't get a job in Toronto bartending because when you work at like, it's just difficult because you got to kind of climb up. Usually, you have to climb up. Sure. Unless you have a link in a bar, you usually start, like, work with bottle service and then, you know? Yep. But they would allow me and so i'd get the 50 dollar flight back and then make bar money on a weekend and then fly back sometimes and they would allow it so sometimes i'd be in florida doing doing work and then flying back to toronto wow where would you stay when you were down in florida 
at the spot that we had. So me and my parents basically like switched. Yeah. And when you're saying bottle service, are you doing like the fucking like, you know. That's what I used to do in Toronto, yes. Really? Yes. Rough. Padded <laughs> bras, mulatto makeup, fucking this smile. Oh. Yep. Sparklers. Sparklers. It was a lot. Did you have letters for people? Like, were you part of like, you know? No, <laughs> yeah. I just had the sparklers. Okay. I never had a letter. Yeah. VSOP. I fucking hate. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for music. <laughs> I hated it. I hated, but I hated bottle stores. Bottle stores, I hated. Right. Because there's no protection and these mans are drunk and like. Oh, handsy. And grabby. Handsy yeah. and fuck, man. It's just, it's hard. And in Toronto, I feel like people, it, there was just a fight every weekend. It was guaranteed, right? But in Florida, it was different because I'm behind a bar. So there's a fight every night. <laughs> well, yo, believe it or not, man, it's not as much fighting in Florida. And I think a lot of it has to do with the gun laws because in Toronto, not a lot of people carry guns. So, like, fuck you, fuck you, I fuck you. And then you fight. But in Florida, you fuck you could lead to losing your life. Yeah. So I feel like people respect mortality more in clubs. So they're less likely. You know what I mean? That ass. That's, that's my theory. Because there wasn't as many fights in, when I used to bartend in Florida than there was when I used to bottle service. Did in you get into in any fights? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you. A great fight? Or are you a better fighter or a better bartender? Um, I think I'm a better bartender because I have done more bartending than I've done fighting. And that's There's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. Sprinkle of fights. <laughs> yeah. I've mean, only been. It's always been in self-defense. I've never been the aggressor. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Just, just putting it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're working and living in Toronto for as much time as you can, and then you go back down to Florida. What does the city mean to you in your early 20s? Which city? Toronto. A lot. It means home. It means family. It means music. It means community. It means growth. It means multiculturalism. It means being encouraged to wave the Canadian flag and wave the Colombian flag, both high and proud. It means it means beginnings. It means seeds. It means fucking sound. It means renaissance because of what the city's going through and like currently going through and what the city's been going through for a minute because it's like it's almost overdue. We've been bubbling for a long time. We've done had hip hop history in our city from time. Yeah. We've done had chaos. We've done had Cardinal. So mm-hmm. I feel like now with Drake and Weekend and everything, they opened they opened this up beautiful opportunity. It's like we had the world mic and now it's it's <coughs> like. We have, we have. That, that's why Toronto doesn't sleep. That's why you see these kids working fucking their asses off. That's why you see so many kids coming out of remix hungry as hell. That's why you see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so crazy because like all I really knew about Toronto like years ago was that that, that weekend was kissing strippers. <laughs> you know, like that was. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh no! That's so funny. Hit that's me your like, legacy. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So when, you, when you're up there and working, how sure are you that your music is going to get in the right hands? I'm not sure. I was just working, like, head down, head down and working. Well, actually, go back. How did you pick your manager? Mm. We fell into it. Like, we just we just fell into it, man. And because Ruiz is the one who told me about the remix project, Ruiz had a lot to do with that, and... He was helping me, man. He's the one who put me in contact with Junior. He's the one who did all those things before we even had conversations about management. He was just down to ride and down to help, and it mattered. And it was jokes because during that time when we finally, when we had that conversation at the chicken spot, <clears throat> and now we're in situations where 
and putting out a song and publishing companies are calling and record labels are calling and we're not sure how to move because he's never done this before. Like, yeah. he's in music videos. He was, yeah, he was right. doing music videos. He uh, was lucky enough to have a homie who he'd done music videos for before, this guy named Sunreal and his manager named Byron Wilson. He'd call him all the time and be like, yo, when you would do this with Sun, like, how do you go about this? And ask him for advice regarding contracts, regarding all these things. And Busy... Byron is busy That's why I call him Busy It's jokes Because it's the same thread He would always be down a ride Down a help Gaining nothing from the situation So now when things are moving faster And we realize Yo we gotta We gotta be more well equipped We gotta add someone else to the team It was just like It just made so much sense To add Busy to the team And like They let us crash at their house In LA Like I crashed on their couch So often so often and they were and they was it a couch couch or a love seat it was a couch couch i was lucky <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a couch couch do you think about the difference between who you were growing up and you call yourself an asshole in that that period of time and maybe you were um more on your own and maybe you were making choices that you wouldn't make today do you ever compare that that person with who you are now and think like how did i get to a place here where like Someone's just letting me crash on that couch and someone's sitting, you know, with me and we'll collaborate on a song. And, yeah. and like, they're not taking anything from me. They're just willing to give. Do you All the people who like took chances on you. It's crazy. Yeah. I feel honored, man. I'm grateful. I know I'm standing on a lot of shoulders. I know I'm standing on a lot of shoulders, you know? It's pretty wild. It's nuts. It's nuts. I'm honored. Um, it's hard to take moments like that because... I'm proud of our work ethic as a team. We work hard, but because we work hard, the pace doesn't doesn't allow for us to stop and like smell the roses. Mm. So it's nice to get questions like that because there are moments where I'm like, I used to beg people to take my mixtape. I used to bring my mixtapes to clubs. I used to beg DJs. I used to go to auditions and get rejected and leave with the heaviest heart. I used to do all that. So. You used to, you know, spam people on Facebook. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> but, but no, I'm saying, like, you, you literally did all of it. Wait, can you talk about busking, though? Mm -hmm. Like, are you talking about, like, on the street mm -hmm. with, like, some sort of receptacle, like, that you hope is going to be filled with money when you leave at the end of the day? Yeah, my guitar. My guitar case. Yeah. Yeah. What was your best night and what was your worst night? My, honestly, my best was maybe like, maybe 10 bucks. And my worst was nothing. There's some days it was nothing. People, But you would still keep going out there. I'll still keep going. Like this is a heavily trafficked area. It was Kensington Market. So yeah, no, because it just depends what time you go. So sometimes I would go at night and it wouldn't be much, but then it would be more so for myself. You know, more just so like a heard. place to practice, a place to be heard. Yeah. yeah, like that. That was covers or originals? Both covers and originals. So did either one do better? I mean, we're also talking about like a difference of ten dollars, so yeah. it's not like <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like yeah. covers did better because people are like yeah, they recognize perk. Yeah. yeah when they recognize. Did that leave you like energized, or did it like no. suck yeah, you? That, that dry. feels like a very like soul crushing sort of experience. But like, but that you were able to keep going out there again and again and again sort of shows like this fight within you to make this thing happen. It was lit when I had homies with me, because then it was just like jamming. Yeah. It was just chill, you know? Oh, other musicians? Not even musicians, just like homies. Friends? Yes. Yeah, yeah, homies. Oh, that's dope. would just pull up and be like, and it would just be a jam, and it was cool. So those were dope. But then sometimes it would just suck and make no money and be like, fuck, and then look up the nearest open mic so that I could go and perform. Where were, so you performed in church. Was that in your church. first time performing and 
No, I used to perform for my family. Like, hmm. well, yes, I guess that's my first time performing for anybody outside of family. Yeah. No, that's a lie too. I used to do talent shows when I was a kid. Stop lying to me. I know. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Sorry. Yeah. Have you guys seen that Pinocchio commercial? That's yeah, out? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The so guy got one. Yeah. I'm so yeah. excited to be here. <laughs> 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 um, so you were kidding. performing. You were <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so the microphone just falls over. <laughs> um, the, oh, the 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 talent competitions. So what what would you do? When was that? And where did you do that? Mm, in elementary school, and I would sing like Amazing Grace, dressed in white, thinking wow. it was lit. But I sucked. Like I I dead ass. I sucked. I. I can wait can kids really suck though yes <laughs> yes what yes i don't know if it, like suck. you're allowed to like judge like that it's just like uh you know kids they'll sucking? grow into it i guess yes because that that possibility exists but then there are those beautiful freaks that are just born but i'm not one of those like i had to work for jesse, it. jesse if you if you if, if someone is like hey you need to meet my child yeah my newborn yeah do you and say they show a you kid yeah no i would never say it's right kid. right see yeah. that's what i'm saying you're just like oh beautiful they're lovely yeah. and but if they try to tell me that them crying is singing <laughs> i'm gonna that's pinocchio their ass you know what i mean <laughs> like i can't it's just that's yeah no when you would perform as a kid were you like i, I want to know like your personality type like were you the the one who was like I'm I'm gonna shine on stage, or were you like sort of a, a more withdrawn? No, I think I was loud. You came shit. you came alive on stage, or just like in general, you were loud. Loud, like no, and, and, and when I was performing, I'd come alive. Like, yeah, like with family and stuff. Oh my god, with family and stuff, I would put like fruits in my hair. Excuse me, and pretend to be Celia Cruz. Wow, and like sit them down and then come out and do performances. It was a lot. Sometimes I would, I remember, this has nothing to do with music, but it has to do with performance. My mom says one day I just decided to do a church. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm the priest. I'm doing a church. And I got crackers and I like put my, her and like my aunt and my uncle through a mass. And they were, all, they were all like, what the hell is going on? Like, what? What? Just performance. Sunday service. Sunday service. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. 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 Six-year-old Sunday service. Yeah. So... When your music is starting to circulate and um, you're putting your stuff on SoundCloud? Uh, like beyond the covers on like Instagram. Yeah. On you're like putting Facebook, it on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, okay. SoundCloud. Yeah. I would, that's what I, I kind of miss. I miss that sometimes. Sure. And I miss that. And I, as I say that sentence, I realize that you I don't need miss to. It. <laughs> well. <Aww>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss it, but I know that in saying that I have to honor that I'm still I'm grateful for everything that's happening I'm grateful for having a bigger budget because we're partnered with somebody so it's the difference between using real strings versus like program strings like, I'm grateful for all that I'm grateful for Spotify putting me on playlists all that the one thing that hurts is n there's a process now because the music business is, is that mm -hmm. but when you say music business it's like saying holy money it's an oxymoron so I can't make a song in my living room on my shitty mic and be like, all right, and then put it on SoundCloud. Because now you have to be cognizant of like, okay, well, when's the album coming? Okay, yeah. well, if we do it on SoundCloud, does Spotify have it? Okay, how much time do the DSPs need before they get it? Okay, and all this bullshit that's just unnecessary evil for the success that I'm experiencing. So I have to welcome it with open arms mm -hmm. because you can't have white without black and you can't have up without down and you can't have daylight without night. So I just got to take it and accept it and love it. And I do. But that, that, 
process is the natural art process like that's what the that's what me as a creative miss and need is creating putting it out creating putting it out but then couldn't you do that like and now i'm just spitballing here but like couldn't you do that if you were on like instagram live so you're, you're not like actually putting it out but you are giving that experience you know what i started doing you know what a life hack i found cocaine so- <laughs> 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 not that one. Oh man <laughs> fucking um uh, I love doing this. I was frustrated. I couldn't get shit out. And then one day, I wanted to sharpen my pen, like be, like do an exercise that was gonna be to to just become a better writer. So I went on not Instagram Live, but like you know the question bubbles. Yeah. And I was like, what do you want a song about? And then, and I put it out there, and then people were like, uh, like falling in love with a heterosexual girl but she doesn't love you back and then someone else was like finals and someone else was like south park and someone else was like all these things and i was like bless and then i would do it and then i did it for like an hour and it's like 20 songs or 20 like mini songs that's yeah. good it was so fun yeah and that that like experience of like uh, 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 uh. did the south yeah, park like, material make it onto this new album no it's oh. still on my gram though it's on my story highlight because i couldn't take it down so i was like <laughs> i fuck with this i like it <laughs> Lit. So you miss the freedom of being able to do something and just give it to everyone yeah, right without like, like that's, consequence. That's the yeah. silver lining of that's the that's the silver lining of pre financial success as a musician. That's the silver lining is yeah. being able to just be like because I used to do that and it's part of my story because I had to do that to get like Cotton Candy. I have a song called Cotton Candy that was re-released. The original date that that was released was maybe six years ago on SoundCloud of me crying in my living room and not being able to talk to my ex and being like, well, maybe he'll hear my SoundCloud. I'm putting it up. Did he? Yeah. And the response? Uh, I don't know if it was sincere empathy. It might have been. Hmm. Yeah. It might have been. Who knows? He's here, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 my stomach's like... <laughs> Do you have that same thing that your dad has where it's like life is too short, I'll let this just roll off? No, I wish you I hold did. on to the I try to. I try to just but I'm Do you not... talk yourself into the idea where it's just like, well this will make better art? Oh my god, no yeah. never. Oh never. No. I'm You're not like, well at least this feeling is gonna like create a better song. Never. Yeah. You're just never. living it. Yeah, yeah. I just living it. I never do that. I'm scared of that because then you identify with being what other people perceive you as and then that means that now your art is aiming. Mm. And when I aim, it feels synthetic once it's out of me. But when I don't aim and I just make whatever it is I feel, then that's that feels pure because it's heart to mouth to pen. But if I think about that, then it's heart to brain to politics to future to, to pen and then it's just diluted. You know? Future the artist or future the manager? Future the future <laughs> future. <laughs> um, what kind of movies do you like? Oh, Pulp Fiction, Scarface, Goodfellas, Clockwork Orange, those types. So oh, bloody. bloody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bloody. <laughs> do you allow yourself? Okay, if if you if you feel something in the moment. Do you allow yourself any separation or are you like, yo, I have to record this right now while it's in me? In me. I have to do it right then and there. I fucking hate waiting for... So, well, what's the longest that you've waited to like, get an idea out? Never. Well, if you're on a, like, a cross-country flight or something? Then I record it. Then I voice note. Voice note? note? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then I have to get it out. What if 
Are you sitting next to anybody? <laughs> yeah, but on a plane, you can't hear shit. <laughs> you know? You could be like, hey, you fucking suck, bitch. And you don't hear anything because you just hear the engine. It's lit. Is that 14-year-old Jesse? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whispering in the stranger's ears. Yeah. <laughs> when the labels come around and they start calling for you, mm-hmm. are you afraid of the freedoms you're going to give up? to them do you think terrified. about that in that moment yeah yeah i was terrified was there well, any wait, how old were you at this point it was like early mid or early 20s 20, 20 yeah early 20s and yeah. but is is there the other side where it's like you can maintain independence and just keep doing what you're doing or was it like no this makes the most sense no we had like me and my team we sat down and went through plethora amounts of pros and cons lists viewed other artists as examples talked to other artists about what the benefits are about partnering what regrets they had like we we did you okay so every every label is coming after you we were in a lit position that's dope yeah did you talk to artists from like said labels were you like yo i want to know why i should sign to island or atlantic or you know interscope or whoever in hindsight is there any part of you that's like i i feel like we overthought this process what do you mean that like you put in like too like too many like graphs of just like crossing things out and being like pros cons like all this stuff or were you just like because you know some people might just like go off of like instinct right yeah and some people might just go off of that do you think that you should have done either way this also might not be like the best phrased question like they're not all going to be winners (laughs) it's all it's it's science or it's like art i like i like our decision because i'm happy where we're at yeah. I'm happy where we are because it was always part of the blueprint. The blueprint was never to have one song and shoot up and get top 40 and then have to maintain that and never be able to live artistic integrity and making whatever I want and then putting it out and then building a fan base and building this proper rooted massive tree trunk as opposed to one sh- like pine, pine, pa- pa- palma, como se dice palma? like a palm tree that just shoots mm-hmm. up yeah. because that could go when the storm comes. Mm. But a slow, well-built tree trunk or well, like one that's been grown throughout years and has a bunch of rings, I feel like has more chance to te- to stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. So it was always part of the plan and I'm happy with it. Well, well, I don't even mean like where you ended up. I just mean the, the, the process of, of like, of, of trying to decide all the things. I'm happy. No, I'm happy because we were able to like, like I don't think I'd be as close with Rock if we didn't. I wouldn't be as close with the rock dudes if we didn't because we were diligent about our time. Yeah. And then we were diligent about our, not breakups, but telling people we're not going to go with them. So it, it was interesting to see early on how quick faces changed yeah. and then what faces didn't. And what people returned calls and said, yo, and what people were still down the ride and still giving me opportunities and what people weren't. And I feel like that only happened because we were like meticulous yeah, and calling everybody. And, and like, and yeah. he, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So was that the first time that you would like, you know, you would you would had a um a fairly turbulent, you know, life up until that point. You know, and now you're this is like because you care, it's like a shift in your in your thinking and you become very diligent. Like you're just like, no, like this is like the whole It's your profession. Yeah. You need to sort of like ramp things it. up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I t- I tweeted about this years ago. I was like, yo, I used to think I was lazy until I started doing what I loved and I'm a fucking workhorse. Fucking workhorse. When I love it, if you put me in front of some homework, or if you put me like behind a fucking cashier little stuff, like I'm not, I'm 
I'm gonna die. I used to write yeah. songs on receipts. I used to like all that stuff because it just wasn't. I don't think it was my vocation. I think I'm doing what I'm yeah. supposed to be doing. So, when you sign, is there more pressure on you for your first project? No, we had the project done. That's what was that was was, was lit too. When everyone started coming, it was because we had put figures out, but Kittle was done. Kittle was locked and loaded. So you play that in the meetings? We played it in meetings. Yeah. So everybody knew what what was going to go down. Do you yeah. watch everyone's faces or do you just stay in your own sort of like zone? I mix it sometimes. Yeah. I mix it. My manager is like a hawk. Like yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do and I do and I don't sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you have to show out for them to prove your worth? Like are you, you know, because like Bobby Schmurter jumps on the table and does his thing or like Machine Gun Kelly jumps on the table. Machine Gun Kelly jumps on the table. Thing. Yeah, exactly. But you're, you're just like, I'm me. I'm comfortable in that. And you either take me or, or leave me and I'll do this somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause pretty much some music. Yeah. If you want to see me perform, come to a show. <laughs> you know, yeah. pay me, <laughs> pay me. But no, it was it was cool. It was cool to be able to play it for people prior to, and it was cool to be able to like set a precedence for what kind of creative control was expected, what kind of like all of that was expected because we had everything done and ready to go. So there wasn't going to be any meddling. We just need money and an open way and trust. And then we can make this happen. And, and we were able to get it. What was that phone call like when you signed your deal to your parents? Um, Do they know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember. Because you know what I keep remembering? I just remember him fucking with, like, my my dude Jeremiah because he was the one he was one of the main reasons that we ended up going with Island because he signed me to BMG I signed a publishing deal before I signed um, a label deal because yeah. I started off as a writer when Jeremiah went to Island it added persuasion for us to go to Island when we had called all of our no's we were like we're gonna fuck with him because I just like to do that so we call him on speaker and we're on the phone and I'm and we're like hey and he's like hey and we're like so we made a decision he's like yeah we're like we're not gonna go with Island and he's like wow okay like the sad it's like you heard you could hear like it was just awful and, and then you just I'm, hear you giggling like <laughs> well no my fucking manager gave it away in the back because he was like he's suffering i can't hear it anymore and i was like we could have that's what i remember i can't remember what my parents said because i just laughed so hard that time i'm trying to think of what i said with my parents i don't remember have you ever been in a writing room that's just like not hitting no, I always make it work. That's dope. It, the song might not always be lit because sometimes the, the frequencies just aren't. But aren't it's not aligned. for lack of trying. Yeah. But yeah, there's never a time that I've just been like walk away defeated. No, we're making a song, even if it's ass. We're making five, and then it's gonna if they're all ass, then we're gonna pick the one that's the less, least, the least ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then and if I can't make it. music with you, then I'm just gonna you know make the South Park song. That's and right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what we're gonna <laughs> go with. Park song. But like when. I know when you did the Eminem song mm-hmm. and you were worried about, you know, is this going to come quicker? Is this going to, um, yeah, take, take a longer time. Sorry. There was like a sexual innuendo that I was just like, no. <laughs> I, I think it was like a regrettable thing. Yeah. It's like, mm. yeah, this is much better to, to stretch it out. Yeah. 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 It's great. <laughs> anyway. So, um, 
But so you were you were wondering like whether it was going to be like a slow process or a, or a, a, a quick one. Yeah. And then it, it thankfully like it just all came to you. Yeah. One of the few times in my life I'm happy it came quick. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. There you go. That was good. That was good. That was the alley oop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard you talking about that on uh, lip service. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Yo, what's her name? Angela Yee. Yeah, no, Angela Yee. But what's L'Oreal. the what's the blonde girl's name? L'Oreal. L'Oreal. so sweet. Oh, L'Oreal, L'Oreal. Yeah. caught me at L'Oreal. Yeah. yeah. She caught me at the uh, Grammy red carpet, mm-hmm. and we were talking there. And then she was like, "Yeah." She brought up lip service, and I was like, "Girl," and I'm like, "I can't." My dad's right over there, and my dad like peeks <laughs> over the corner. He's like, <laughs> like, "I can't be fucking around today." <laughs> Mess. Um. Yes, I was really fortunate that it came quick. Yeah. 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 Again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So. As you as you grow with the label, was there an expectation you put on yourself or did you redefine what success would be for you? Interesting. We just had this conversation in the car. Um, the blueprint's been the blueprint that we've had for the last three years. Well, last three years with the label, but last four and a half years, five years with my management. Like, it's there's a plan that we had and the plan consists of what I said to you, the palm tree versus the trunk. What are we trying to build? What kind of success do we want? 10-year legacy, 20-year legacy? What kind of mark do you want to leave? What kind of ripple do you want to turn into a tsunami? So I feel like the pressure's been on, but it's self-imposed. That's smart. Is it numbers-based? Is it, like, um, feeling-based? Is it uh, the the type of, of festival yeah, what, that you what play? What are, like, the benchmarks that you're trying to... To achieve? Yeah. The benchmarks for me are being able to get a like, farm for my dad, being able to have enough success where it's going to be easy for me to to start an orphanage or partner with an orphanage and name it after my mom, to have six or seven Grammys on my wall and to have died knowing that I actually like helped a million people at least. And yeah, and, and a lot of those things are gonna be easier with the numbers. A lot of those things are gonna be easier with more money. A lot of those things are gonna be easier that way. So they kind of go hand in hand, but the seed of it is very much what I said earlier, the shit that's been on my vision board for years. Yeah. Um, what in your heart and your soul makes you want to start an orphanage? My mom and how she's worked with kids her whole life. Like I told you, she used to work with kids in Colombia. I've watched her treat other people's kids like they're her own. Like I went through jealousy when I was a kid because I'd be like, "What the hell?" Like she and and she, the love is just cello, si o no? Like she just, she just, she loves that way. She worries that way. She's. She's just about that. And also what my dad went through, like losing his mom early and losing his dad as a teenager and my experience. All that next to my experience where I was blessed with parents and blessed with having them there for me and blessed with having like unwavering love. Even when I was a dick, even when I was like the shittiest person, there was still unconditional love. That's beautiful. And if there's a way that I can contribute to kids that don't have that privilege, I'd like to do that. Have you been back to the remix project? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. What? Yeah. Hell yeah. Have you found anybody who you can mentor? People ask me questions all the time. We do like, we, we, well, when I've done there, I've done, um, what do you call it? Like a talk? Not a Mm -hmm. seminar, but like a talk to just like link with the kids. Yeah. We've been able to, um, I don't want to like, that sounds weird because I feel like I'm tooting my own horn. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, stuff. I've I've done stuff with them. Yeah, it's tooting cool. your horn is a, is something you talked about on lip service. Oh <laughs> fuck yes! I did. Oh damn it! I didn't even realize why you were tapping me. I was like, yes, don't yeah. toot your horn. 
you've gone up there and and they, they look to you for for inspiration and maybe some answers as to like the path that you've taken yeah man and the best like that's what's crazy is i can't really i can't really um i can't really listen to someone's story and be like yo you should do this and that and that because it's not my place i'm not god you gotta you gotta figure it out but the best i can do i feel like is when I tell people my story and I'm like, yo, when I was in your shoes, this and this and this is what I did. And however you can translate that, like how I translated what Doc told me yeah. is like the, the best that I can do. And, and those kids see something in you that is a reflection of them. This is it. And it's wild. It's wild. And so they're not so alone and nor are you, mm-hmm. you know? And that's quite a legacy to leave, I'd say. That's crazy. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's so dope. it's humbling. It gives me purpose, and it gives new new meaning to life. Because I make I make music selfishly. I make music for myself. Yeah. But the fact that people connect with it after the fact is this beautiful, positive byproduct that God gave to me because I wasn't expecting it. And when I hear stories, uh, when people connected with things, it just makes me feel like I have purpose. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing being an artist, you know? It's like, oh, I got your mom, right? Your mom does greater work because she's taking care of kids and molding them into real human beings. And it's like we can second guess ourselves and be like, oh, what do we do but make people laugh or like inspire people or or what what is it that people connect with? And it's like everybody who sits in this chair has the same sort of thing. Mm. You know? Crazy. It is. It's nuts. It's cool. It's it's nuts, and then it's jokes to like sp- split perspective. Uh, who was it? Someone said they were talking to one of the Beatles, and they were like music secrets. And then one of the Beatles was like, "It's just music," <laughs> and just did this, and like nonchalantly, but at the same time, like it's music. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's yeah. like both like sides. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, because well, no, I mean, like I don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> somebody too could say like, they, they, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my friend Paul. Yeah, as yeah, he yeah, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just music. Like I you said, know? everybody who sat in that chair. Yeah. Um. But no. But people could also like I look to music and, and and be like, "Yo, your music changed my life." Like not just like the way that you got to where you are, but what you've written, your poetry, your chords, strike something inside me that saved my life, or that like moved me, or caused me to live my life in a certain way. That's nuts. That's crazy. It's humbling. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I sit like, it's just fucked when I hear that or read messages like that, especially because I can pinpoint mine. Like, I can pinpoint when I was in Florida and I was frustrated and I, right before Remix, like, this is right before I applied. And I felt unhappy and I was trying to figure it out. So I was, you know when something's off? So you try to do everything else. So I just felt unhappy. So I started working out like crazy. I started cleaning the crib. I started like everything, trying to fix it, and I couldn't. And then I heard, and then Ruiz sent me uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, and I heard one of his songs called Dream 2. Changed everything. It was like someone, it was like if your glasses were cloudy and yeah. someone was like. Yeah, it's like the Zyrtec commercial. It is man. It is. Shots to Zertex, shots to Geico. Yeah. Shots yeah. To yeah. <laughs> well, that, it's it's so funny how Chicago played such a major part in your musical life. Yep. I know. Look yeah. at you right now in your Scotty Pippen jersey. Yeah, man. And no, he but, makes such beautiful music. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just so talented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this this new project is taking you how long to to put together? A uh, minute. There's certain songs that I held 
from Kittle that I knew I wanted to hold for the album. Wow. And then there's songs that I made like within the last six months. So it's a... Was it hard to sit on the ones from Kiddo? No, it wasn't. Because I knew it. I just, I just knew there's, there's certain things I wanted to say. But like in the same way that like you know when we were talking about um, holding on to ideas like on a plane and you have to like get them out, for it to like reach its audience, Ugh, that like yeah. it took a while. In that way, yes, because there's shit that I wanted to play for people, mm-hmm. but I was also, like, I. I selfishly wanted it out, but I knew that for the bigger plan and all the necessary evil stuff that I talked about earlier, I knew that it would be more impactful if I held it in for the album. Are you somebody who has <coughs> demoitis? Yeah, I am. So if a song sits on the shelf for too long, you might be like, I'm, I'm over it already. Yeah, sometimes it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It's like if you, and, and it might be a lit song. It might yeah. be a wicked song, but it's like having a rose, like right here. And all you see is red. And you're right. like, this is just a fucking red wall. But that's why it's important to have a dope team because people here are like, no, bro, that's a sick ass rose. And you just can't see it because you're too close. What what song can you point to that you're like, yo, that's one that I didn't think was one? Love in the Dark. Love in the Dark was in the Dropbox folder that I have for pitches because we have a Dropbox folder that has hundreds and hundreds of songs and then a subfolder that's like pitch, pitch. like It's like a sweater that I knitted that I'm like, this is a lit sweater, but it's not for me. So I put it away. And then the guys were going through the folder one day and then they were like, what the fuck is this song in this folder? What are you thinking? And then Busy said it too and then Jeremiah was like, are you fucked? <laughs> and then, yeah. And it ends up being the one. And it ends up being, yeah. Can I just say, your way with words is so and there there might not be like a response to this but like your your choices of metaphors are so interesting <laughs> like you saying like the rose or like i have an old sweater mm-hmm. it's just like they're so poetic <laughs> but like i would never picture anybody saying like these very same metaphors the way that you're saying them <laughs> and like they're very they're so specific yeah Bet you didn't I, think yeah. that was going to come up today, did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the praise of my metaphors. Yes. My grade seven poetry teacher, yeah. Miss Hidden, would be proud. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I have uh, one really important question. Um, your your man over there, Chalito, just got his feet done for the first time. He did. Shout out to Lito with the manicure and pedi, or just the pedi. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> What was the experience like for you bringing your friend to the the nail salon? <sighs> I wish I could tell you it was the best, but it was anticlimactic because this motherfucker has good control about tickles and all that shit. No. <laughs> so I was like, me Wait, and Shia, you wanted Shia him to drop food. his phone into yes, like the fucking bucket or something like that. I wanted a like, show. Like, I wanted fireworks. I wanted well, all. You that. have to bring him to the place where like the fish nibble at your that's feet. What, that's what Cheyenne said. Well, Cheyenne's a smart motherfucker. Yeah. Smart motherfucker. Yeah. 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 That's what I got to do. Yeah. I got to do that, man. Yeah. Damn, I was cheesed. I was like. And he was like, like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, can you read the the poetry, Joe? Yeah. So I was looking on your Twitter before, as one does. Yeah. And you were talking about (laughs) donuts. (laughs) And I'm going to have you read this. Yeah. Okay. We decided this was poetry. Perfect. It might have just been like, you know, free thought. Verbal diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been anything. Twitter finger diarrhea. (laughs) Yeah, I just got a visual. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I want a donut till I have a donut. And then I just take one bite and set it down. The end. If I can't get the donut I want, it makes me crave it more. But the end is still the same. 
Once I finally get it, I'll take a bite and then I'll set it down and say goodbye. Heart. Wow. Thank wow. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how do we get sponsored by Tim Hortons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yo! <laughs> oh, fuck, I'd love a Timbit right now. By the way, they're opening up a Krispy Kreme down the block from us. Mm-hmm. So my question is, do you fuck with... Tim Hortons, Krispy Kreme, or Dunkin' Donuts? Timmy's, bruh. No. Is that just because Like, of it the, was a question. I, well, I had no, to I, ask. Yeah. It's just like... I had to ask. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Have you guys ever had the ice cap from Timmy's? No. No. Bruh. It's so... Yeah. A lie? It's what? crack. You know what? It's so good, man. You know what? We know what That's this Nick, world needs more yeah, of? Nick. Yeah. Nick. You know what this world needs more of? Consistency. Okay, Dunkin's. We're still talking about donuts. Yes. Okay. Dunkin's is alright. <laughs> Dunkin's iced coffee is alright, but it's never consistent. Neither is Starbucks. You always have to make it yourself, so maybe the spoon is bigger than what you're useful. Maybe it's like nah. But if you get a small iced cup from Timmy's on January nineteen fucking sixty eight, and you get one in twenty twenty, mm. you'll know that you can rely on it. <laughs> it will just be as good, you know. Oh, I miss Timmy's. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, actually, yeah. Say there's word. One in, there's one yeah. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the yeah. yeah definitely. On, on 50th Street. On 50th, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Yo, your team needs to step it up. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> no offense. You're fine. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask. Uh, you are a spokeswoman. Oh. For secret. Yeah. <laughs> Anti first brain. Okay. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, so fuck Geico. Yeah. <laughs> How how did that uh how did that happen? They were fu- they were fans. They fucked with me, man, and they their team reached out to my team. They weren't um, like you sick. sweat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, we're gonna help you out. Yeah, they saw me at a show where I just lifted an arm and just doused it everyone yeah. in the front row with my sweat. They sent you an email and it was just like yuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the little water emoji. <laughs> yes. No, they're lit, man. They just reached out and they were like, let's do it. And I was like, all right. And then I went into the Dropbox folder and was searching for songs because I was on road or on tour. I don't know. I was fucked somewhere working and trying to figure it out. And then had this song that was originally called No Breaks. The song, I made a Babyface studio. And it's... And... and the reason it's important that it was his mm-hmm. is because when I used to, like, when I'd walk <laughs> in that studio, the walls are, like, twice the size of this. And then the hallway is four times this way. And you do not see a fucking ounce, sliver of wall. It's just plaques, 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 plaques. They're on the floor. They're, like, fucking, there's not enough, there's not enough wall for the amount of plaques this man has. It's fucked. And so I, there's a photo on my grandma about it of me like standing there in awe of this beautiful fucking summary of accomplishments. And I walked into the room and I was like, I can fucking do this. I want to do that. So the song originally says, No breaks, I ain't stopping till I see gold plates in my office. No, like I won't chase, I ain't stopping. Nobody for nothing, I could do it. No gold plates. And then 
we were like, oh, this might be an option. So we played it for secret, secret, fuck with it. And I was like, all right, cool. And they brought it back. I was like, how can I do this? And so rearranged certain things. But the thing I love about that song is that in its seed, in the truth of the song, in the soul, in the in the deepest abyss of the song, it comes from a seed of ambition. It comes from a seed of like wanting more, and I can do this. So it just aligned, and I feel like they probably felt that they resonated with yeah, it because yeah. they liked it. I really thought you were gonna be like, I changed it from no breaks and no sweat. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Good job. <Yeah. laughs> Way well, with words. Yeah. Jesse, it was really a pleasure and an honor to have you Thanks, up here. Thanks, man. This was super Great. dope to hear your whole story. My managers are cheesy. They didn't come. They're fans of you guys, man. Oh, that's dope, too. Yeah, Love they're you, fans. Man. They're But they had a meeting and they're the suits. So. All good. No sweat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. They just want you. Tell them to What's that? Tell them to Oh, send us a check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with us, The Real Jeff. People want to find out more about us. I'm Eric with curly hair, your Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out more about what's going on with us, Jeff, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-A-L.com. We have all of our old episodes and our new ones on all streaming platforms. I'm talking about Spotify, CastBox, Google, Apple, SoundCloud, Audio Mac, wherever you want to find us, we are there. How about youtube.com slash it's the real? That's where you go for our videos. This is true. You can also find us at twitter.com slash it's the real and instagram.com slash it's the real. And if you guys want to be a part of this journey here with us, go to patreon.com slash it's the real. Jeff, now is the time when we want to shout out all of you generous people who have joined this fight with us. Well, I already shouted out the 10 producers who have joined. I also want to shout out Jason Johnson, Jamal Long, Ian Danqua, Wesley Yankson, Matt Tompkins, Ness Lee, William Cooney, Michael Sanchez, Bun B, Alicia Solomon, Ain't No Jigga, Harold Little, Julia Rubin, Anthony Cruz, Dante B, John Fry, the podcast guy, Zion Adesam, Dang Thukbuam, Ray Rodriguez, Connor Meager, Jimmy Brandley, Imtiaz Choudhury, Daniel, aka All I See Is Blinking Lights, Steve Whitehurst, Parth Patel, Landon Becker, Harden, Forge, Esther Bloom, Frederick Sieber Leitner, Corey Ball, Matt Fastow, Splutch, Felipe Morgado, Eric Guerra, Brian Hasty, Shale Thacker, Kazim Famuide, Matt Migliorelli, Jared Dodd, Rafael Castaneda, Rachel McCoy, Chris Fox, Josh Gonzalez, David, Brian Reddy, Christopher Williams, Kevin, Benjamin Jacobs, Mitchell Boyd, Ahmed Oda, Sunsei Lee Kaplan, Reggie Bullock, Daniel Tutopoli, Sean Austin, and Kaylin Summers. Shout out to all you out there who have been so generous. Jeff, shout out to you for getting through all those names. I have mispronounced probably 75%. It's pronounced Brian Reddy. Yeah. As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Right. The blood, the blood, the